Matthew chapter 11, let's just talk about this for a few moments. You see the Lord Jesus in this passage of Scripture, he starts off with the woes to Chorazan and Bethsaida. Those are places where Jesus did a great work and fed the 5,000 right there in Bethsaida. And he says, you know what? You have been able to expose to so much, and yet you have become apathetic and like, so what? Is this going to be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon than it is for you? Because you and I got exposed to much more truth than they did. And then he talks about Capernaum. Now, Capernaum was somewhat of his headquarters. It was a beautiful little town on the, uh, the, the uh, Galilean uh, Peninsula, or Galilean Sea there. It was, the name Capernaum means a village of comfort. It was comfortable. It was a good place. It's where Peter, James, and John were from. And yet he says, you know, woe unto you, Capernaum. If the works that were done in your presence and what you saw were done in Sodom and Gomorrah, it would still be around today. Now, just a quick reminder here, friends, we're not in Bethsaida or Corazon, or we're not in Tyre or Sidon, or thank God, not in Sodom and Gomorrah, nor are we in the, in the town of Capernaum. But our eyes have seen things that this world wished they could see. Our ears have heard some of the most life-changing messages you could ever hear, not from my, my, my perspective, but just uh, from others. We have got opportunities to listen to radio, to listen to Christ-honoring songs. We've got good friends. And then we find ourselves complaining and griping. We find ourselves thinking negative things about the God. And ended up being, a, being, he says, you know, shame on us. If that's where we are, I oftentimes tell young people, you ought to realize how much light God's given you. You ought to be responsible for that. Anybody who has a Christian mom and dad, God help you. If you fall asleep in church when you should be old enough to get, stay awake. God help if you can't pick up a songbook and sing the songs as loud as you can sing them in praise to the Lord. To God be the glory. But for the grace of God, you'd be in some, uh, some deserted place in the world without the exposure of the gospel of Christ. And we ought to get a wake up, a wake up and say, hey, listen, what in the world am I thinking? Why do you want to fight about wrong music? Why do you want to fight about Netflix? Why do you want to fight about this movie or this video thing when you know it's not right? And you, you are to live on a different plane altogether. And he gives some pretty charge, uh, charged up. He gets pretty fired up with this situation with that. And then the Lord gives us a snapshot into his uh, mentality and his relationship with the Heavenly Father. We can see this in John chapter 17, the high priestly prayer of Jesus. The whole, the whole chapter of John 17 is him talking to the Father, and you can see the yearning of his heart. Well, here in Matthew, as he finishes his rebuke of people who had been given so much light and have not taken advantage of it, they saw the, all the miracles. It was Jesus uh, doing all the miracles in their midst, and they just didn't, they didn't love him enough to serve him. And then he says, you know, Father, I want to just talk to you for a few minutes. Let's read the prayer if we can, please. We're looking at chapter 11, and we're looking at verse number 25. At the time, at that time, Jesus answered and said, Lord, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth. By the way, aren't you glad that he is the Lord in both realms? Because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent, the smart, the intelligent, the thoughtful, 
they seem like they don't get it. But thou hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, and neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. So you see a little bit of a prayer that he prays, seemingly impromptu, and just uh, in frustration with those who had, have, uh, have, have received so much and yet believed so little. I've learned a little statement I've said several times. God has a hard time believing that we have a hard time believing. He's like, what, have I not been enough for you? And it just, it really frustrated him. And he went to the Heavenly Father and began to talk to him. And they could hear him talk to his father and, and speak to him. And he prays this prayer. And boy, I think you, and you see the heart of God and the Lord Jesus Christ in this matter. But then he comes to his favorite word. One of God's favorite words in the Bible is the word come. The Bible tells us in John 3, verse number 37, uh, 637, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Revelation 22, verse 17, the last chapter of the Bible, he said the spirit and the bride say, come. And whenever Jesus or God closed the ark in Genesis chapter 7, verse 1, he told, told Noah, come into the ark. He is in the ark, and he's asking him to come into the ark. And then here we have in verse 11, uh, excuse me, chapter 11, verse number 28, an invitation that God gives you and I to come. You know, rest and peace is something all of us want. You don't have peace because you want it. Peace has to be made, but it has to be made in a partnership with the Lord Jesus. And the closer we get to God, the more peace we'll know. Oftentimes say in a church staff meeting, we've got to have rest to make progress. How many times do you ever spend a whole day just putting out fires and trying to, trying to get things just, just, there's lots of problems. It's frustrating. I love smooth days. No, not everybody has smooth days. And, and really, if you can run two or three days together and not have any problems, God bless you. If you can run a week together, it's a modern day miracle. Because it just seems like we live in, we do live in a fallen world with lots of issues and problems. But I love this passage of Scripture because God gives us uh, a, a recipe to have rest for your souls. You know, you, the, when the world's running around with their hair on fire, you can have rest in you. When everybody else does not have revival, you can still have revival. You can draw a circle around yourself and ask God to bring revival to the circle. Revival is very possible for any one of us. Maybe it's not a national revival, but it'll start with somebody. But we ought to live in a constant, uh, a constant pursuit of God. And God tells us here some beautiful things. It's as old as the scriptures is. But boy, I'm telling you what, I've, as I've thought about this this week, I think it's a great, great admonition for us. In this month of November, the last uh, Sunday night of November 2011, how many can, uh, 2023, how many can believe it's God's 11th month? Forgive me, all right, all right. When you talk as much as I do, you make so many mistakes, it's embarrassing. But can you imagine we're, we're almost in the 12th month of 2023. I'm just getting used to writing 2023 on my thing. It's, now it's about time to write 2024. Can't hardly believe it. But as we, as we face that, are, do you have a restful spirit? Would your daughter say, Mom's at rest? Would your mom say, Girl, my daughter's very, she got a restful soul. 
Would your, would your husband, your wife? How about you, if you can be honest with yourself? Do you, are, you, are you at peace with the Lord? Do you have rest inside of you? And I think it's really important that we have that when there's peace inside of us. The Bible tells us in 1, Timothy, 1 Peter chapter 3 that a meek and a quiet spirit is very valuable, of, of great price to the Lord inside of a human being. By the way, it's, it's talking about a lady, but the first word of chapter 3, verse 7 says, Likewise, ye men. <laughs> I think it'd be wonderful to live with a, live with a spouse that's got a quiet spirit. They're at peace. And you know, God gives a recipe for peace. A lot of times we have young people and they're not happy. You can tell. Look at them. Watch them. They, they got unbelievable blessings. But uh, they have a low opinion of God because they don't know God of peace. He is the Prince of Peace. And he invites folks. He says, look, he gives his admonition and his, and his rebuke to these cities. He talks to his father and said, Lord, I know you and you know me, but they don't know us. They don't know us and, and I need to reveal them to you, to, to you. And now he says in verse number 28, would you look at it with me? The Bible says this, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. The first admonition that God gives us is to come to him. Come to him. You know, it's interesting. We have that, we have that opportunity all the time. You, he's as close as the mention of his name. It's crazy how many things I give to substitute time with the Lord. We can speak to him any time of the day. He never will give you a busy signal. He never goes to voicemail. Don't you hate voicemail? It's awful. He never doesn't answer your text. He's, he's ready to respond. If you want to talk to him, he's ready to respond to you. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There's something inside of us. You know, rest does not come based upon the work you do, but who you're with. I tell you, I, I, I'd rather face anything as long as I'm with Linda. As long as we're together, there's something. Even the task is difficult. I'm at more rest when I'm with Linda than I, than I would be by myself trying to face something. It's a lot of a lot of a lot of your um, your labor and your rest re is results around who you're coming to. So many of us we want to find fulfillment in relationship. We want to find fulfillment in in success or what we perceive to be success or financial strength or whatever. He said, "Look, come unto me, all your labor and heavy laden. I want to give you rest. I'm glad that He's a God of rest." Number one, He says, "Come unto me." And I want to encourage you to come to the Lord. You know, if you don't come to the Lord, that's on you. If I don't come to the Lord, that's on me. We can make all kinds of excuses, and people who make good, or good excuses are usually not good at anything else. And a lot, of, a lot of people are chasing shadows of life and are wearing themselves out, laboring, heavy laden. I think sometimes social media can do this. I'm not here to get on a soapbox. We're so caught up with some of the stuff that's going on. That we ought to go, we ought to go dark on that for a while and come to Jesus. You know, we get a spare moment, we run to sports. Spare moment, we run to a video game. Spare moment, we run to do a hobby. We really need to come to Jesus. You're not going to find a lot of rest on Fox News. You're not going to find a lot of rest on Netflix. You're not going to find a lot of rest on HBO. You're not going to find a lot of rest watching the latest movie. 
Now, I'm not against, there, I'm sure there's some things and all that stuff can be right and okay. We spend a lot of time laboring, heavy laden, picking up more baggage. And he said, if you'll come to me, I'll give you rest. That's the first, that's the first thing he asks imperative. The second thing he says, take my yoke upon you. Look, if you would please, at verse number 29. Take my yoke upon you. That's the second imperative. He said, number one, come to me. Let's start a relationship. Number two, take my yoke upon you. Now, I, I talked to a man today, and I remember seeing him get saved last year, and he's now gone through two levels of discipleship. And he said, Pastor, I feel like I need to do something at the church. Not to get paid, just to do something. I feel like I need to... I need to get engaged in doing something. I've taken in a lot, and I'm not where I need to be, but I need to do something. Well, that's very wise. But sometimes I find people that have been saved 20 years, and they're trying to get out of something. They're trying to make sure they can get out. How can I distance myself from put, getting in the yoke with the Lord? You know one of the things I love about God is that I get to labor with Him. We're labors together with he says, I want you to take my yoke. Now, the eastern yoke had two, two holes in it. It wasn't just a one, it was a two. And so uh, I was talking to a man from Greece this week. And he says, boy, when I think about that, that thing, he says, I, as a boy, I would plow the fields in Greece. He said, I always want to put the yoke on one of the stronger, the stronger horses. And if I had a donkey, I'd put a donkey over here and a horse over here. And the donkey had a lot easier. Because he, the, the big horse carried most of the thing. The donkey had just to kind of keep up and balance the thing a little bit. Boy, I'm glad that God says, take my yoke. Get in there with me. I'll do the heavy lifting. But I think that means yoke is, implies working. I must work the works of him who sent me while this day, the night coming. I'm not here. Some of you, you need a break. You don't need to work anymore. But most of us, we need to stay engaged in the ministry. There's more things that we ought to do. We give ourselves so much slack. And there are some of us, we could, we could be in the choir, but you're not. I, I don't know why. Some of you, you could, you could play an instrument, but you don't. I don't know why. Some of you, God's provoking you to get involved and use a few hours on a Saturday to, to visit a bus route, but you're not. That's, that's in your past. You still got the same time. May not have the same energy. But you're not, and I'm not here to criticize you. I got, I got issues going on in my own heart sometimes, just what, what I need to get involved with. But here he says, you know, we're looking for rest. And he says, that number one, come to Jesus. Number two, take my yoke. Take my yoke. Get involved with me. You know, you only, there's no soul winning in heaven. You never have to go to a super Saturday soul winning in heaven. You, you don't have to come. There, there's no need for it. There are no gospel tracts in heaven. I don't know that there'll be any offerings taken in heaven to try to get people the gospel in Thailand. I don't, I don't think we'll take an offering there. We might. I don't know. I, there's not going to be a, a need to get the gospel to people. We only have apprentices of life now. And you know, it's not our work. It's his work. The gospel is spawned by God. It's his word. It's his idea. It's his commission, it's his son, it's his sacrifice. It's everything. It's his power. The Holy Spirit has to bring conviction of sin. Everything is, he's doing the heavy lifting. I had a sweet someone tell me today, he goes, Pastor, 
I'm going to need your help to get my friend saved. I said, you know, I don't know how to do it. All I know to do is just give him the gospel. I sat in my house today and so to a man, I said, look, can I just take time to share with you the gospel? And I'm amazed how the gospel just blows up in the heart of a person. It's not hard, but I can't do anything. All I can do is give the news. But I'm amazed how powerful it is. It's all about God. He said, I want you, John, to put your yoke on. I'm in the yoke. Get in here with me. And then he goes on to say, and learn of me. The third imperative. Number one, come to Jesus. Number two, work with Jesus. Get involved where he's going. If he's pulling the yoke, you want to stay in step with him. I don't know what that means for you, but I think you ought to, you ought to figure that out, and I need to figure out what it means for me. I'm going to tell you, one of the most miserable experiences of my life is trying to serve God in my own strength with my own idea. I sat with people recently, and they said, Pastor, I have branched out on my own to do different things so many times. I, I know this time I'm going to let God be the lead. Because I've fallen on my face several times and I want to just get in this situation where I know God is leading. And that's exactly what God says. He said, I want you to come to me and I'll give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon me, work with me. And I don't know exactly what that means for you, but everybody ought to consider themselves. What does God want me to do? What does he want me to do? What does he want me to do with him? And I figure that out. We're looking around and trying to think, what's the shortcuts? Let's everybody go to work. You know, the Bible tells in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 58, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding, it went in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know, the reason we don't work with God is because we don't trust him. The reason we don't spend time with him, we don't trust him. We don't know him. And he said, I want you to learn about me. I want you to come to me, I want you to work with me, and I want you to stay in school. I want you to keep learning about me. And of course, Jesus is telling to, he's, he, this comes on the heels of his, uh, his rebuff and his uh, rebuke to people who had him all around him, and they took him for granted. You know, every one of us have to battle with our opinion of God. A.W. Tozer was someone who said this, and I've quoted it many times. The most important thing about you is what comes to your mind when you think of God. Can I trust him? Anyone who has a, his, has a deep love and appreciation for God will have a high ceiling of commitment to him. People who have a low commitment of God or com- opinion of God usually have a low standard of, 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 um, of commitment to him. And here he says, and by the way, we're the winners in this situation. If you, you know, it's, it's interesting. We're going to play basketball this week. And I'm always amazed. It's easy to get people to pay five bucks and go to watch their kids play, their grandkids play. And they'll go there. They'll, they'll, they'll travel to different locations throughout our region. But it's Wednesday night, Sunday night, ah, oh, you know, it's a long ways to go over to church. It's kind of rough, man, I tell you. I'm tired. It's Monday. It's really rough. Now, Monday wasn't rough when, you know, when we went and played ball. Had to get up the same morning the next morning and go through this. And, and I'm not here to pick anybody up. I'm just telling you. Pick on anybody. I'm just telling you. It's amazing sometimes. All we'll do because we value that. 
You got young people, when it's time for game time, you are just pumped up. Dragging you in here for church is an act of Congress. Oh, we have to go, we have to be there on time. You never say about the ball game. Oh, we have to be there on time? No, you, Mom, come on, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. I got to be there early, got to warm up, got to shoot some extras. We, we make something, and we've, we've, just, we've shown our idolatry. And I'm not against all that stuff, man, I, I love it. But he said, I want you to come to me. I want you to work with me. And I want you to stay in school with me. Keep learning of me. And he says two things about him that you and I need to mirror him. Number one, he says, I am meek and I am lowly of what? Heart. Now, those are two attributes that are very, very valuable. Meekness. I know there's a lot of definitions for meekness. And most people say when someone's meek, they're humble. And yes, it takes humility to be meek. But meekness is a willingness to adjust to another's pace or agenda. And I am so glad that we have a God in heaven who says, John, if you'll come to me, you'll work with me, you'll learn of me, you'll find that I'll work with you. I'll adjust. He'll be way out here, but he'll come back and work with me. Have you ever tried to run a race or sometimes I'll visit in the hospital and I don't know why, I just walk fast. Then I don't have to walk very, I got long legs. So if I walk with someone, inevitably, they're about four paces behind me. And I, have, I feel kind of dumb because I'm walking, I'm going places, and they're just, they're all they can do to keep up. And I'll come back, if I have any meekness at all, I'll come back. And I'll walk a little slower so that we can talk together, so that we can do that together. We can make this visit together. You know, that's what God says. He goes, I'm going to come back to where you are, John. I'm way out front. I know what's going on. I got this right here. But I'm meek. I'll work with you. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 2, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If you're ever working with someone who's against themselves by their sin and they don't acknowledge the truth, you have to have meekness. That means you've got to work with the person. You can go beat them up and you can always yell at them and, and call them names and all that stuff. None of that's going to work. You know what you're going to do? The servant of God must not strive. It would be gentle with all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness. Who is the meekest person in the Bible? You know his, do you know his name? Moses. Why? He worked with the people of Israel. They were stiff-necked, stubborn people, and he kept on adjusting to the almost to the extent that he could he didn't go into the Israel, he didn't go into Canaan land because of his patience with them. You know what that's that's God says, you know, Jesus said, If you'll come work with me, John, you'll learn about me, you'll come to me. If you'll do this for him, he says, You're gonna find I'm very meek. I'll work with you. How many have ever been impressed with the meekness of God? How that he's been so patient with us. I was praying tonight, talking, praying with my brother down here. And as they prayed, he said, Lord, I just want to thank you. Almost in tears. Lord, thank you for being so patient with me. How many appreciate the patience of God? How many times we've messed up? He said, you know, you'll find out. I'm meek. I'll work with you. I'm lowly of heart. You know, here's the God of heaven who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but, but became, became a servant and humbled himself, even to the death of the cross. He said, I'm meek and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I'd like to encourage you to leave tonight with three thoughts in your mind. Number one, I want to get to Jesus. And he's asked you to come. It's, it's, every once in a while, I'll ask someone to, to meet me somewhere, or can you come, or even ask them to come to church. And I don't know, I don't know. 
Or you might ask them to come over and eat, eat lunch with you or something of that nature. I'm not sure. I don't know. You kind of feel bad when you invite them to come and they don't come. How much more the God of heaven must be so frustrated when he invites us to come unto me. And then work with Jesus. You say, Pastor, I don't know what I need to do. You make that a matter of prayer for this week and say, God, what would you engage me to do with you? He says, my burden is, my burden is easy. My, my yoke is light. It's not hard. It's, it's an easy burden. And then learn of Jesus. Can't help but think of our verse in 2 Timothy, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, where God tells us that to, to grow in grace and the knowledge. You know, church family, are you stressed out? Are you mad, frustrated with everybody, every situation? You got it going on, and you're right, and everybody else is drinking their bath water. And you're waiting for them to come up and meet you at, at, at the point of wherever your, your agenda is. I think it might be good for us to stop and say, hang on a second. Where's Jesus? Let me get to him. What does he want me to do? What is the yoke he wants me to get involved with? He'll do all the heavy lifting. And will I keep learning about him? Then I think we'll find much more rest for our souls. I think I'd be a better pastor, a better husband, a better brother, a better son, a better dad, a better friend, if I had rest in my soul. And I think I, can, I know the strategy now is the value, the person of Jesus, to come to him, to work with him, and to learn of him. Let's pray together, can we?